Back to the Tim Donnelly Show on the talk of the New River Valley. 1017, 1035, and 1460 WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing here on the talk of the New River Valley, the WRAD radio network. That's 101.7, 103.5, and 1460 AM. We are live on this Tuesday morning at 8.07 inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline. That's 540-639-4900. Once again, the Baker team hotline, 540-639-4900. Before we jump into our top five list, do you need to make sure you guys are caught up and and have at least something to contribute in, in each and every sports conversation you find yourself in today. That's why we give you Got You Covered. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And there is some, well, maybe it's not bad news, but it's at least the absence of good news for the Hokies as Quincy Roche, one of the top defensive end transfer targets on the market, a player that Virginia Tech was very much interested in and very much put the effort into recruiting. He has decided not only not to come to Blacksburg, but he has decided to take his talents to South Beach where he will be playing for the Miami Hurricanes. He goes from one of the best players in the American Athletic Conference to Shirley, a difference maker in the ACC, but now he is not playing for the Hokies. He is playing against them, so they will have to find a way to game plan against a new talent right here in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Joining him in Miami, just to add insult to injury, will be to Eric King, who was the quarterback for Houston a season ago before sitting out after the fourth game, protecting his red shirt and giving himself the opportunity to grad transfer. He will also be in Miami, filling a hole that they had uh, the size of the moon in their roster this past season. Miami's going to be an interesting team this upcoming year with Manny Diaz going once again to the transfer market. But as I've said time and time and time again, Again, Virginia Tech may not be able to out-recruit some of these national programs, but what they can do and what they can control is their ability to out-develop them. A lot of talent on the roster for the Hokies. If they all take the next step, Quincy Roche into Eric King will be long afterthoughts when it comes to the Hokies. Uh, Speaking of the Atlantic Coast Conference, Clemson somehow convinced Travis Etienne to stay I don't know what dreams Dabo is selling these kids in the, the the meetings that he has with them, but Travis Etienne would have been one of the best running backs in the NFL draft class. Instead, he will be probably the best, singular, the best running back returning to college football. Very, very surprising at a position like running back. As you know, if you listen to the show, I'm the lead activist for players' rights. I want players to do what they think is best for them, so ETN has the right to come back to school. I just hope that he properly weighed the business decision aspect of this, knowing that running backs are a ticking time bomb. Every carry you put on your body is one less opportunity you have to to get paid for that carry in the NFL. If I were him, I would have been on my way to the pros. ACC basketball, uh, there's there's been a prevailing thought that, that that ACC basketball is down, right? Parody, right? They're missing Zion, right? They, they don't have the top-end talent, especially with Cole Anthony still not yet playing for North Carolina. How about this, everybody? The latest AP poll, Florida State is fifth, Louisville is sixth, Duke is eighth. That means if the NCAA tournament were to start right now and the committee mimic the AP poll, there would be three Atlanta Coast Conference teams in the first or second seed. That's pretty darn good, and and I don't know if we should quite run around yelling the sky is falling on ACC basketball quite yet. 
Uh, let's go ahead and look at uh, Conor McGregor. Haven't had an opportunity to talk about his win over the weekend. It took him 40 seconds to knock out Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Uh, but again, it, it, it is a dramatic absence of conversation about his out-of-the-octagon life. Still, two open investigations in Ireland into sexual abuse uh, allegations against Conor McGregor. Still, no talk about the arrest for assaulting an old man in a bar, the the uh, charges for throwing a dolly at a tour bus. He's not the best dude, but he might be the best fighter pound for pound in the world. Lakers last night got blown out by the Celtics by 32 points, I believe it was, 139-107. Uh, Anthony Davis played just 23 minutes. LeBron James played just 29 minutes. The Lakers knew early on in this one that they didn't have it. They pulled everything uh, and saved their resources. Interesting enough, I'm going to go ahead and say it this way. The Celtics, Derek Henry, the Lakers, they put Enos Cantor into the game and let him go old school, right? Offensive rebounding, points in the paint, which is interesting because the Lakers are the biggest team in the country, uh, biggest team in the league, right? They're big. They have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. They have JaVale McGee. They have Dwight Howard. But the interesting part is the advantage of those big guys is they can guard smaller players. They can guard on the perimeter. They can guard modern NBA. What we learned last night is they might have a hard time guarding traditional NBA. Uh, And then other news in the NBA to round things out. Speaking of Zion Williamson not being in the ACC, it does appear as if tomorrow he will make his first appearance in the NBA for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I don't know if expectations could be any higher for this guy. I don't think he could possibly exceed them. All we've seen are two-minute clips of him dunking on everybody on Instagram and YouTube, and, and I expect him to not do that in the NBA. That's got you covered. Now it's time for the top five here on the Tim Donnelly Show, and and we've got uh, an interesting category, so let's get it jumping. It's Top Tuesdays with Tim Donnelly. Here's your top five. We should actually address something before we jump to the top five. We've gone to the bullpen. We've brought in the the, the closer out of the pen. Uh, Lobro had to take off, had some things to take care of. So we got Big Nate sitting in the producer's chair. And uh, the, <laughs> he didn't know that we changed up the intro for, for top five. Uh, the the like sound it. wave at the beginning kind of got him. Caught me off guard. I like it. Um, so so Big Nate is, is in the studio with us here inside the Mockadoo studio. Guests and callers join us on the Baker team hotline. Uh, top five, what we're doing right now. Is, is top five ongoing stories in sports. Top five stories that are still developing, okay? Which, which you know, it's not a game, right? Because uh, a game has a start and an end. The, the Super Bowl isn't an ongoing story. It's a story. It's not ongoing. So the, the top five ongoing stories in sports, starting with number five. Connor McGregor. This guy is fascinating. First of all, as I've said multiple times, I think we need to discuss more often when we're discussing Conor McGregor, his outside of the octagon transgressions and allegations. He is tied up in multiple investigations uh, back in Ireland. He's, he's been arrested multiple times, and he might be the greatest fighter alive. Those two can both be true. I was going to say, those, those could go hand in hand. They, 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 they can very much both be true. But the, the interesting part is he is such a, 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 a tentpole 
for UFC right now. And I think if you asked the casual sports fan, not even just the casual person, like walking down the street, you're not just stopping someone, like someone that's at a sports bar, someone that's wearing a jersey, right? A casual sports fan, and you ask them to name UFC fighters, Conor McGregor's being named by 100% of them. Like, do they have to be active? Because... I don't. Conor McGregor is probably the only active fighter I could name. I mean, I think there will be people that could name guys like John Jones, maybe uh, Habib. Um, you know, and then and then you're getting into the old guys, right? You're getting into like Chuck Liddell. You're getting into Brock Lesnar. You're getting into yeah. uh, Anderson Silva. Some of some of the guys from from yesteryear. Um, but but Conor McGregor, where he goes, everyone he fights becomes the second most known person in the sport for you know, two months leading up to the fight, fight night, and then we forget about him, right? Habib Nurmagomedov, <laughs> which I'm I'm certain I'm not pronouncing that correctly, even though I've heard it and watched the guy fight a billion times. Um, you know, he was the, the, the second biggest fighter in the world I- until he beat Connor. He beat Connor and then, you know, retreated back to like seventh. And then Donald Cerrone becomes the most, and then he gets beat by Connor and now he's to 15th. Conor McGregor and where he goes for the sport is absolutely fascinating. Number four. Patrick Mahomes. And all of these all of these won't just be one person. I wanted to be clear. There will be ongoing stories. But Patrick Mahomes and, and his ascension to the throne in, in the NFL is something I've never seen in my life. In my life, right? I probably became a sports fan. 98, right? Probably 98. Became someone that could name players and and follow their careers probably in 2000. By that point, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were entrenched, right? They They were the guys. And through my life up until now, it's been Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. With, you know, Aaron Rodgers shoots up and then falls back. Drew Brees shoots up and then falls back. But this is the first time where those guys are are looking around. Tom Brady's looking around going, all right, I got this baton and I'm running out of gas. Who can I pass it to? And Patrick Mahomes looks like the guy who's standing up and saying, like, I'll do it. Right? It's it's that moment in, in, in you know, a class or, or um, I've been watching a lot of uh, or listening to a lot of podcasts with Navy SEALs about buds, their training and everything. And and they talk about moments where an instructor will say, like, this thing is going to be the worst thing ever. Does one of you want to do it? And and they're like, something just kind of compels you every once in a while to stand up and say, okay, me. And And your brain is going like, what in the heck are you doing? You sit down and you let someone else wear this. But it looks like Patrick Mahomes, for you know whatever reason, is standing up and saying, "Toss it here, Tom," and and I think he's got a chance to kind of solidify that passing the, at the Super Bowl, and then where he goes from there is the ongoing story element. Does he become a multiple-time MVP? Does he become a guy that that we put in the uh, on the Mount Rushmore of all quarterbacks, not just young quarterbacks, not just talented quarterbacks? Is he Aaron Rodgers? who I believe is as talented as any quarterback to ever play the game, or is he Tom Brady, who wins more than any quarterback to ever play the game, or, and this is where things get crazy, and this is the ongoing element of it, is he both? Because he's as talented as Aaron Rodgers is, right? His arm is as talented as anyone's. His legs are are better than most people with his arm talent. His 
Uh, improvisation is incredible. If he wins two, I mean, we're talking something special. Number three. The silence of the Astros. Astros players have have gone from Baker Mayfield to Blake Bortles. Right? And here, here's what I mean by that. Baker Mayfield, when he's at a podium, says whatever the heck yeah. comes into his mind. He'll, he'll look you straight in the eye and say, woke up this morning feeling dangerous. Right? He will say, he'll say, listen, the trainers didn't do a good enough job with my teammate's injury. He will say, what do you want me? He'll, he will say whatever pops into his head. And that's what the Astros were. When they were winning World Series, when they were going through the playoffs, they were the fun-loving bunch that would head up to the podium and they would spew whatever nonsense popped into their head most recently. Then they got called out yeah. as being cheaters, and now they're up at the, the podium you know, doing the Blake Bortles, saying a whole bunch of words and not saying anything. <laughs> right up there saying, say, saying, well, I'm confident that the process will work its way out and that in the end we will have a conclusion to the process that is – uh, playing its way out. It's like you just said. You started. You started and ended the sentence with the same series of words. You literally made no progress in that sentence. We came full circle right back to where you started. It's just word vomit. Don't say anything incriminating. It, the, it's it's literally like not only are you trying to get to the word minimum of a five page paper in elementary school, but you don't know what the topic is. So you're just saying things like, in conclusion, I have to make this the conclusion of the previous statement that was concluded. It's like you, you don't even know what the topic is, so you're just trying to say words that make it sound like you do. After further analysis and, and retroactively evaluating previous thoughts and statements, we have reached the conclusion that this is the end. That's like 17 words that make a sentence that says nothing. And they just drop the mic and walk away. That's what the the Astros are doing. Uh, We're going to get to the last two after this commercial break. Uh, Ongoing stories in sports top five continues next. Low bro doesn't know the weather. And as always, Logan is not a licensed meteorologist, if you couldn't tell. But your forecast includes more of the Tim Donnelly Show on WRAD. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show on the Talk of the New River Valley. It's Tuesday, which means I should make the appropriate word pun joke that I make probably too often. We need to get a taco truck, and we need to own it uh, and call it the Taco, the New River Valley. Oh, It needs to happen. Talk of the New River Valley, Taco, the New River Valley. As someone who loves tacos, I'm totally down. <laughs> someone who hates puns like that, still it's, down. It's, it, we'll keep it right outside the studio. I don't even care if anyone else gets to eat the tacos. I just want breakfast tacos as soon as we sign off at 9. Um, we're finishing up our top five list, ongoing stories in sports, stories that can continue to develop in unexpected ways. Number two. The coaching carousel. Everywhere. Literally everywhere. Right, Every different team, whether it's uh, – the coaching carousel at LSU, losing offense and defensive coordinators. Whether it's the coaching carousel uh, at, at Virginia Tech, 
losing defensive coordinators and a bunch of uh, position coaches, whether it's the coaching carousel in Major League Baseball because three managers were fired due to their implications or, sorry, some of them mutually parted ways, uh, but but you know what I mean, uh, three openings due to the cheating scandal, whether it's uh, uh, NFL, right, where, where – there's a, a mixture for the Redskins, mixture for the Panthers, mixture for the Giants, mixture for the uh, Browns, and then the coordinators that have shifted all around. Some of these teams, maybe a couple, just a few, have found the coach that's going to be their coach for the next 15 years. Others found a coach that's going to be their, their coach for the next year and a half before they are unceremonially sent packing with a large buyout. And, and we don't know which is which. And you don't know either. You may think Ron Rivera is a stone-cold lock to, to be the, the, the coach of the Redskins for the next 10 years. I would probably lean that way, saying, saying he's a safer bet, but there's no guarantee. You may look at Matt Rule and say, he's a college guy. He's not going to work in Carolina. I'd probably look at you and say, maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. There's no way to know. So that's why it's one of these ongoing situations in that every year when the carousel spins, some people get lucky. You ever go on one of those carousels with the golden ring? What? There's, see, now I might be, this might just be a New Jersey thing. There was one in Cape May, New Jersey, uh, a carousel where you go around on the the horses or the zebras or whatever the heck they Mm -hmm. were. And they had this thing that dispensed rings on the outside. And you would go around and each time you'd go around, you'd grab a ring. It's like a, probably about the size of a like a half dollar. Wait, you're riding on the carousel and gra- that sounds like a safety hazard. And you would, you would it wasn't far. It was on arm's length. You'd grab a ring, and each time you went around, you'd grab another ring. And they were, they were mostly silver rings, but there was one gold. And if you got the gold ring, you got to go around again. Everyone else had to get off, and you got to stay on for the next ride. On the carousel. On the carousel. It's for little kids. It's like a little kid thing. You get the gold ring, you're like, yeah. I just envision adult you like, no, nah, I'm getting it. <laughs> well, I tackling mean, children. As a as a kid, I did. At one point, there was like no one else there, and I just kept grabbing the gold ring over and over again, and stayed on for a while. My parents were probably like, "Come on!" But but my point is, uh, some people in the coaching carousel snagged the golden ring, and they're going to be good. Most silver rings, and lastly, number one. Tiger Woods makes his 2020 debut this weekend at the Farmers Insurance Open. He's starting to get his master's prep going. He's going to be matched up against some of the top guys in the country. Uh, It's developing because Tiger could go in any direction. He could win all four majors. He could win just the masters. He could wait up and win the, the, the U.S. Open. Who knows? It's Tiger Woods, man. How did I not see that coming? Starting his 2020. Chasing Jack, trying to get to the the, the the major titles. He's he's still trying to solidify himself as the top dog, the top cat, if you will. Get it? We're going to take a break when we come back. Lakers and Zion, the biggest stories in the NBA, right around the corner. Stick around. Tim Donnelly's show returns right now on WRAD. Before we take another step, however, uh, sometimes you drive past the step. And you end up denting the car. It happens. 
Most people, I don't, I, I, I wish I had one of those cool statistics where it's like you know, 75% of Americans at some point in their life will back into a pole without seeing it. <laughs> I can believe that. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, that's a made up stat, but it sounds real. You know that 74.6% of all statistics are made up on the spot? Abraham Lincoln said that. Look it up. All right. Um, e- either way, Collision Plus is there for the whatever percentage of us that do end up with a, a dent-a-ding, a dent-a-bruise on our, on our car, a scratch, a scrape, whatever it is. Uh, Collision Plus is there for us when it happens because uh, statistics say it will inevitably happen. Again, it's a made-up statistic, but it sounds right because it could be. Uh, Collision Plus can help you with just about any kind of body damage, whether it be a grocery cart ding or a full-on auto collision repair. Collision Plus can get you back on the road again. Auto body repair, auto paint refinishing, vehicle pin striping, frame and unibody straightening, collision wheel alignments, temporary repairs, vehicle towing, enterprise car rental, all available at Collision Plus. Pens and papers, ready students. The phone number is 540 953 Three nine one zero. Once again, that's five four zero nine five three thirty nine ten for Collision Plus. Two convenient locations: Blacksburg and Christiansburg. Oh, we have a caller on the line on the Baker Team Hotline. Uh, Big Nate, who are we talking to? Fred the Beetle Guy. We have Fred the Beetle Guy on the Baker Team Hotline. What's going on, Fred? Hey, Tim and humongous Nate. Calling from the frozen tundra of Blacksburg, Virginia. <laughs> it is chilly. Hey, it's chilly, Willie, man, but the Irish coffee, man, keeps you up at, uh, in the morning, man. And All talking right. Of, well, talking of Irish, I mean, you seem to be a pretty big fan of the Canon uh, McGregor. Uh, I don't know if I'm a fan. I, I follow him because I think he's interesting, but, but fan might be putting it a little too aggressive. Well, you know, he puts uh, the news in there and uh, keeps him ahead of regular boxing, but uh, do you think he'll ever step back in the ring with uh, one of the professional boxers, if there's not some MM, MMA rules thrown in the, the mix? The only way I see it happening is if Floyd Mayweather agrees to do it again, just because that would be too much money. Um, but I don't see it I, I don't see it happening. I think he's going to work on, on UFC. He seemed really focused coming into this last fight, and, and it showed up. Well, he's a little heavy, you know, but uh, that put more meat on the bones mm-hmm. to do that shoulder uh, hit in the head. He's na- he's now, by the way, has knockouts at three different weight classes, first ever doing. Oh it. yeah, that's and, and impressive. He's, and he's going to try to become the champ, 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 which he calls well, himself I mean, the champ, champ for being two weight classes, and he's looking to get a third. Well, not that he would go back against a boxer, but uh, I think if he uh, snagged one in for the top twenty or thirty in the ranking he'd get one on the chin and uh, <laughs> maybe knock him out of the ring. But anyway, he did pretty good against Mayweather. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I, don't, I don't watch the MMA too much or boxing because it's lost its fizzle, you know, having six or seven different groupings with uh, belts. Yep, I agree. It's like pro wrestling had regional, you know. So uh, I don't know. But uh, talking about real fighters, how, how about giving a real big shout-out to the, the Hokie Wrestling team, number three in the nation, brother. Absolutely. Hey, f- fantastic. You all have a good uh, rest of the day, man. All right, sounds good. And and just to clarify what he's talking about there, the Hokie wrestling team is number three in the nation, and, and they're destroying opponents. And they're doing so without uh, Makai Lewis, who was last year's national champion, the only national champion individually on the Hokies a season ago. He took this season off 
uh, to try to prepare to make the, the international team with the 2020 Olympics coming up, which is completely allowed in, in wrestling in college. It, it's like not even a redshirt year. It's like a weird, yeah. if you get approved, you can take like a weird try to go become an international superstar year. They used to have it in basketball too, uh, correct? Maybe back before before ninety one before the dream yeah. team, uh, there's definitely a, a perhaps there. I don't I don't know. I wasn't wasn't around. But um, but it, it's it's so they're the number three team in the country with arguably their best player taking a a sabbatical. So it, it just shows how deep that program has been. But can you imagine being the the guy in his weight class? Like you're having a great season, right? Your your team is doing awesome. You're number three in the country. Everybody's loving you. Wrestling's being talked about more on campus than it probably ever has. And you're going like, we better win it all this year, fellas. <laughs> we better, I better do well this year because next year Makai Lewis is coming back and uh, I'm going right back to the bench. Or I got to put on a bunch of weight to, to bump up a weight class because uh, that guy's a stud. Um, let's talk some, some quick NBA uh, storyline stuff here. The Lakers, I feel like I have to address because yesterday when we were making picks, um, I kind of scoffed at the fact that the the Celtics would would really challenge the Lakers, and then the Celtics won by thirty two. Um, and I think it exposed something that I wasn't expecting. Right, you look at the Lakers, and they're huge, they're gigantic. They have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, uh, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee, and they all play right, and they're all the type of people that. You know, you can't put on a, a a hat and sunglasses and go to the, the the Starbucks because their height gives away that they're in the NBA. They're they're gigantic humans. So you would think going up against teams that have an inside presence, they'd be fine. But what I I guess I failed to realize, I'm not going to say like the Celtics exposed the Lakers. It's just one game, and and the Lakers are still the best team in the West. But and and the Celtics are no slouch. But I think if there was a worry that came out of that game, it's that arguably the best thing that those particular big men do, maybe outside of Dwight Howard, is they can play on the perimeter, right? They're big guys that create size mismatches on offense, and then they can guard smaller guys and switches and screens and perimeter plays on the defensive side, right? Anthony Davis and LeBron James have quick feet like people that are half a foot shorter than them, and it's part of their greatness. But what I didn't expect to see was a guy like Enos Cantor, who is a traditional big, right? He is a give me the ball in the post. I'm going to try to rebound. I'm going to try to to push you around. I'm going to try to bully you. I'm going to use my elbows. I'm going to use my uh, my butt, right? Butt in the gut and try to push you around. And and the Lakers weren't ready for it. The Lakers got got out rebounded uh, with with. Cantor picking up offensive rebounds and and high percentage buckets worked out really well for him. It's 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 an interesting development for the Lakers and it's something that I believe maybe they they will have to turn to Dwight Howard in moments more, which is you know not what you would think when looking at their their roster. You right, you look at LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and you think ah, who cares who's around him. But it's like, no, 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 there's roles that are played by the other guys. So um, I'm going to go back way back here. There was a NBA Finals between the Pistons and the Spurs probably somewhere in the 03, 04-ish, maybe 05. And, and I remember going into the game thinking, 
Dikembe Mutombo, who was on the Pistons, and and uh, David Robinson, who was on his last leg with the Spurs, they might not play at all, but they also might play 20 minutes a game because depending on the flow, they're either extremely necessary or a liability. If the game was going going up and down the floor, they're a liability. They were old, they were tall, they had bad knees. But if the game turned into a ground and pound and, and the, the other team kept giving it down low, then you would expect to see those big guys who could defend the rim and could communicate well on defense a ton. I think that's going to be Dwight Howard's role on the Lakers. He's either going to, in the playoffs, completely disappear or he's going to play a ton. And it could be on a game-to-game basis. He might get a coach's decision DNP, did not play coach's decision, no injury, or he, he, he could get a, uh, you know, a, a 25 minute spurt where he's the most important player on the floor. Uh, and that all comes from the Lakers. Uh, we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, quick talk on Zion, then we will get to picks. Stick around. Hokey fans start jumping. More of the Tim Donnelly show is next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly show back here on the talk of the New River Valley. Zion Williamson. Uh, <laughs> Zion Williamson uh, for New Orleans is going to play tomorrow. And and uh, we just got a caller on the line. That's why I was hesitating there. Do we have someone that wants to go on? Yeah, we got Rocky. Rocky on the Baker team hotline. Here we go. What's going on? Hey, man, were we at the game last night? Uh, no. Well, it was a great game. Uh Highlanders came up a little bit short, but they absolutely battled. They played some good ball. The rematch against Winthrop will be February 10th, and these are the two powerhouse teams in the Big South, so I expect the Highlanders to be ready for that rematch. Deadman Center was absolutely a rocket. Absolutely a rocket. That's a great place to see a game. You know the Highlanders are going to bounce back, so that's all I got. Talk to you later, Highlander Tim. Thanks, Rocky. Uh, by the way, it's a good time. Nate's here. Uh, he helps run this particular podcast, so it's a good time to pass it along. Um, Highlanders All Access on the WRAD radio or on WRADradio.com. Not the, uh, it's just WRADradio.com. Highlanders All Access uh, features uh, coaches, obviously, Rick Watson, the voice of the Highlanders. Uh, they're bringing you all the information on Highlanders, both men's and women's basketball. So we encourage you to check that out. Um, Speaking of Zion, real quick, this is, I'm kind of making this into a bigger conversation about society as a whole, um, but Zion Williamson has largely for his career lived to most of America in social media. When he was a high schooler, he was jumping out of the gym and dunking. When he was uh, on AAU, you would see four-minute clips of him going through the legs playing against LaMelo Ball. Uh, when he was at Duke, it was often Sports Center highlights. It was often Snapchat. It was, you know, you don't often see Zion Williamson play a full game if you're not an ACC basketball fan. So now he's going to be in the NBA, and, and they're already bulking up media coverage for the first game that he's going to play. And people are going to see that he doesn't dunk on everybody every play, right? He misses shots, he turns the ball over. He doesn't flail about all recklessly. He doesn't uh, always go for the highlight real play. And because of that, I'm worried that expectations have risen too high for, for Zion Williamson. 
Because there's no way he, over the course of an entire basketball game in the NBA, playing against other NBA athletes, is going to be able to put together uh, consistently the type of entertainment value that we get out of him in the two-minute Zion ball-is-life mixtapes that get circulated on YouTube. Right? This morning, I actually... Uh, I watched, because Tiger Woods is starting up on Thursday again, I watched a YouTube clip called uh, Tiger the Artist. And it's just Tiger getting out of trouble, right? Bending shots uh, 100 yards around trees. Uh, At one point, the ball is in a bush. He can only get to it as a lefty. So he sits on his knees, flips his club, takes a horizontal swing, and hits it from the bush to about five feet, right? And, and... It's seven minutes of pure golf fantasy, like golf erotica, right? It's, it's, it's pure golf uh, bliss. If you watch Tiger Woods play 18 holes and you are expecting that over 18 holes, you're not going to get it. Most of his shots are going to be a wood off the tee, down the fairway. Uh, it's going to be a, a, an iron towards the area of the green, maybe off the back and then a chip and a putt. Par next hole. Boring. Right? And it's the same with Zion. If you watch most of Zion's possessions, it's going to be catch, get a screen, dribble around, make the smart basketball play, dump it off to a big, maybe pull up for a jumper. Maybe it goes in, maybe it doesn't. It's not going to be every single time down the floor catching an off-the-backboard dunk and and making someone cry. But I'm worried that's the expectation. Right, LeBron James' first game in the NBA is one of the, the you know the 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 greatest monumental you know uh, uh, opening of the dam where everyone went, oh my gosh, this is real. He had one dunk, the fast break one that's on the poster where his arms out to the side and he's soaring in on a fast break. It was a steal. It was early in the first quarter of his first game. He had one dunk. Sometimes that's all you need. It's LeBron James. He had one. That's all you need. Zion might end up with two, and we'll be like, well, there's <laughs> nothing. Look at his highlights. Be wary of falling into that trap. Uh, let's jump into our picks. College basketball has a couple interesting ones. NBA has a game tonight. Uh, the only top 15 matchup is Butler versus Villanova. Villanova's at home. Butler's number 13. Villanova's number 9. Um, Nova is quietly becoming one of those consistently prog- consistent programs that even when they're having a down year, they're like 14th, right? They're ninth when it when they're not super good, which is usually reserved for ACC Blue Bloods and like two teams in the SEC. Um, but Villanova's getting there. Give Jay Wright credit; he's turned them into a powerhouse. Uh, and I like to bet powerhouses powerhouses over teams like Butler. Give me Villanova. Miami at number eight. Duke. Miami's having a down year on the basketball court. Uh, Duke is is not as good as maybe some of us thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, um, but they're still a top ten team in the country. I'd expect them to win this one kind of easily. Wake Forest at Clemson. Uh, based on the Virginia Tech games, haven't watched either of these two teams a ton, but I did watch them each play Virginia Tech. I, I think Clemson was better the first game of the year than Wake Forest was just a few games ago. So assuming that Clemson has uh, benefited from from time and practice and experience, Clemson gets the win in this one at home. And then Clippers at Mavericks uh, in the NBA, the only game tonight. Clippers are probably the better team, but the Mavericks have been better at home than the Clippers have been on the road for that reason. Give me Luka Doncic and the Mavs. 
Big Nate is in here. He he stepped in as a a pinch hitter for for uh, our friend Lobro, the producer, um, and he's wearing his Anaheim Ducks uh, hoodie today. So I do have to ask this question: Do you have anything of hockey news that you'd like to come forward with? I mean, nothing nothing in particular. The the Ducks may be looking at uh, making some changes to their lineup. Uh, I did see Sid the Kid had a ridiculous between the legs drop pass. I mean, it was on Sports Center top ten. Say what you will about him; he's an excellent player. Sid the Kid, I love Sidney Crosby. He's one of the only ones I know. People people like to hate. Good on golfer, him. I've heard as well. Better than Tiger. No, better hockey player than Tiger. We don't know that. There's that's true. That's true. Tiger can do anything. There there is a uh, there's a rumor from from Tiger early in his career, especially that he could dunk. He's not that tall. He's not that tall, and I don't. I don't think he can. I, I don't expect it to be true, but I want to believe so very badly. It could be like Prince playing basketball. Prince apparently was a good player. Yeah, Carlo, I've heard. I've heard Carlos Boozer, who rented his house to Prince for a while, said he shot around with him. Said he's like, I mean, he's not like NBA or or college good, but he's like a solid pickup basketball player. Uh, Tiger, I don't know, but I, in my mind, Tiger can dunk. We're going to take a 21-hour break. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6. Roth Report tomorrow at 8. Bill Roth will join us. Stick around uh, for more WRD Radio Network. Have a great day and night, everybody.